This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, the topic of national championship or bust, I want to discuss that with you on today's show. Bill Green and I talked about it a little bit on Monday. I'm, I am never a national championship or bust guy entering a season, and usually not even in the middle of a season. But I want to ask you this. Now, eight games into the season with as good as Ohio State looks, as great as they look, and really there's not a, you know, you look around the country – yeah, there's some good teams out there, but really no one that I fear. I'm just curious, do you, after eight games, do you have a national championship or bust mindset with the Buckeyes this year? Yeah, absolutely. And I did not have one at the start of the year. start of the year was a wait-and-see kind of moment. You know, you figure you lose a game, maybe two, who knows, and let Ryan Day get his feet wet as a head coach, and that has not happened whatsoever. Uh, the truth is, is that if Ohio State doesn't win the national title this year, this season will be one of those years in 10 years where we're all looking back at it lamenting that we didn't win the national title. It'll be like 2015 or 2005, one of those years where you're like, man, we had the best team and we didn't win it. Dang it. That'll be how we're all going to feel if this team does not win the championship. And I say that because there's no one else in the country right now who looks like they're at Ohio State's level on both sides of the football. There's no one in the country who has played nearly as good of a schedule as OSU among the top teams. And frankly, OSU just looks like they're killing people. So. It, all things combined, this season has gone from a, well, let's see how it goes to, oh, no, 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 no. We need to win the Natty this year, period. I know I've thought a lot about this since Monday because I say I'm never a national championship or bus guy, I guess, until you get to the playoffs. But I, I've changed my mind. I mean, you look at this, I, I will be disappointed. I mean, it's not like this will be a failure. I don't think that's that's not exactly what I'm saying at all. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Like, if they would lose in the national championship game on, like, a last-second field goal, I'm not going to sit here and act like the se- this great season was a failure. But I will be disappointed when I look at it now. I, you analyze it, you know, with a clear mind, and I don't know how. I mean, first of all, Ohio State looks like the best team, and unless there's like an injury to Justin Fields or something like that, I just I'm with you on this. I've changed my mind just after analyzing it. Again, I think it's foolish to go into a season with a national championship or bust mindset. And as you said, you didn't enter the season with the, that mindset, but after eight games, you reassess it. I'm with you. Just a Big Ten title. Would not be enough. This team is better than that. And, again, there's not some juggernaut team out there that, you know, should be feared. If anybody should be feared as the juggernaut, it's the Buckeyes. I want to take a look at the national title odds, the updated national title odds. The Buckeyes have the second best odds are tied with Clemson at 3-1. to Number one is Alabama, 11-4. to Kind of an interesting odds there. 11-4, to Alabama is the favorite. LSU is fourth, 9-2. to Georgia, 12-1. to And then tied at sixth, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Oregon all at 20-1. to um, What are your takeaways from that, if any? 
I continue to be confused how Alabama's rated as highly as they are, to be real blunt. I know they're, quote, Alabama, but if you paid any attention to the way that team has played this year, they're missing some key players on defense. Their defense has not performed at the level it traditionally does. Their running game is not the same high level it typically is. And without Tua, you have to really wonder how that team would hold up against anybody near the top. And now any team who loses their quarterback, you can say that. But Alabama, to me, looks like OSU last year, where there's the big passing game, great quarterback and receivers, and that's kind of covering over a lot of other issues on the team that are below par by their normal standards. On top of that, Alabama hasn't played anyone. Who's their best team they've played? Duke, Texas A&M. I mean, their schedule, their opponents are combined 15 games under 500. That's pathetic. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think Alabama being at the top of the polls, Alabama being at the top of the odds, to me, is crazy right now, based on anybody who's looking at it beyond, ooh, there's the helmet and Nick Saban, right? So, and then the other thing is, is that it, it, it the, those odds are reflecting the fact that Oregon is creeping back into this picture. Uh, there, there's a realistic chance that we get to a Pac-12 championship game where there's two 11 and one teams playing, and if Oklahoma has any other slip-ups, the Big 12 could be the conference left out, not the Pac-12. Uh, the other thing is, I think with the number of schools that are still in the picture, you're not looking at any conference getting two teams. It just seems very unlikely right now. Because think about it. If you want to talk about both LSU and Alabama getting in, then logically you have to talk about both Ohio State and Penn State getting in. Because let's say the winner of the Ohio State-Penn State game goes on to win the Big Ten, the other one loses by one point or reasonably close game to their only loss to the Big Ten champion who's undefeated. That's as much of an argument, if not more, based on the schedule than, say, Alabama losing to LSU and finishing 11-1. and So to me, it's, uh, I think you're very unlikely, though, to have that scenario because there's no way Clemson loses again. Uh, the Big Ten and SEC are going to probably get one school in. And then the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are going to have to have some serious chaos to not have a team that makes a really strong argument to be in as a one-loss champion. So, you know, you're starting to see the picture come together. It's going to be fun next week to see the uh, the new or the first college football rankings because most everybody's off this weekend. So they've got most of the evidence that they need. And I'm really curious to see where the committee puts Ohio State in comparison to the SEC schools and what comparison to Clemson. Because if they're being remotely fair and logical according to their own criteria, Ohio State and LSU are clearly the one and two teams and you can pick your order one way or another. I want to look at some Heisman odds. Very interesting here. Um, updated Heisman odds. The favorite is still Joe Burrow. If any listeners out there heard of him, his name is Joe Burrow. Uh, he is a four, what's he, a four to five? Yeah, four to five. He's the favorite. And then Jalen Hurts is number two, nine to four, the odds there. Tua Tungavailoa, Five to one odds. He's in third place, and then fourth and fifth both belong to the Ohio State University. Fourth place, Justin Fields, six to one odds. Fifth place, Chase Young, twenty-five to one odds. The interesting thing there about Chase Young, he was off the board last week before his four-sack performance against Wisconsin. He was off the board, um, at least in most Vegas sports books. The one I'm looking at right here um, is Bovada. So, um, what jumps out at you there? Do you feel like uh, are you surprised Joe Burrow's the favorite? Are you surprised that Justin Fields isn't higher? What do you what do you think of Chase Young being 25 to one uh, and in fifth place right now in the odds? Just uh, what are your takeaways there, Bax? My takeaway is OSU's not going to get a guy invited to uh, play in. Uh... In the uh, or invited to the uh, the Heisman ceremony because you're gonna have three guys who split the vote. You know, you get Dobbins who's right in the edge of that picture. You've got um, you've got the Chase Young and you got Justin Fields. And the truth is, it's very difficult to get 
a USC scenario where you have Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush show up at the ceremony, right? And, you know, I think the loser of the Alabama-LSU game is going to see their quarterback drop off. But for whatever reason, last year, people were infatuated with trying to make two of the Heisman Trophy winner, even though he didn't really do that much. And his team actually won the SEC championship with him being injured. So I, I just don't get the Tua hype. He's a good player, but, you know, the truth is Jalen Hurts came in and saved their butts in the SEC championship last year. Um, in the end of the day, I think they want Burrow to win it. It seems like that's what everybody's uh, – there's more stories about Joe Burrow than anybody else out there right now. They love the, the story about LSU. Um, I, I think there's a bit of a narrative involved there. So, yeah, he's rightfully the narrative because it feels like that's what everybody wants. I will say this, though. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I will say the narrative is starting to change. Again, Chase Young off the board last week, 25-1 to 1 might seem like a big, you know, a long shot. And it is, but when you go from off the board one week to 25-1, to 1, that's actually a huge jump. Um, and you have a lot of people back saying, a lot of people that are not Ohio State people, people that are just have no ties to Ohio State, they're saying Chase Young's the best player in the country, not one of the best. It's just picking up steam. I wonder if... The narrative is starting to change that Chase, Chase Young, I'm not saying he's going to win the award. I'm not stupid. It'll go to a quarterback. I know it will. But I think it is starting to pick up steam a little bit. Yeah, it definitely is. But then what happens here in the next couple of weeks? He gets a week off. Then he goes to play against Maryland. Maryland's going to get decked. He won't play in the second half very much. And then he's going to play Rutgers the next week. And he may play like two series because the game will be over by the middle of the first quarter. So by the time Penn State and Michigan roll around, you know, Chase Young's going to probably be back off the board because you know, people are used to their recency bias and trying to see, you know, whatever the, the prettiest butterfly in front of them that week is. And in the interim, you're going to have Burrow or, or Tagovailoa winning their game in the big one versus two game between LSU and Alabama. You're going to probably see Jalen Hurts put up some gigantic numbers trying to get Oklahoma back in the picture. And by the way, Justin Fields is going to eat in these next couple games because they're against terrible teams. So he's going to end up probably having seven, eight touchdowns between the two, maybe more. So I, I just, I think Chase, if, if Ohio State gets Chase Young an invite for the Heisman ceremony, that would be incredible because that's the equivalent of him winning it in my book because they never invite defensive players. We have to go back to Indomitian and Sue to think of the last time a defensive player was invited to the Heisman finals. And frankly, Sue should have won it that year too. But, you know, it's not the best player. It's the best quarterback or maybe running back. That's what the award goes for. I'm with you. If he gets to New York, I'll consider that a monumental success. And I think it's – I think it's – a possibility just because of all the talk of he's the best player, you know, and we'll see. We'll see if that continues, though. Um, I love the toughness and the attitude of this team. I don't know if we talk about that enough. We, so many things we do talk about, um, all, you know, some of the physical attributes and, you know, toughness and, um, you know, you could argue that is a physical attribute. I tend to think it's more of a mindset. And, and you look at the attitude of this team. Um, they play with a chip on their shoulder. They're a tight-knit group. I think chemistry is important in sports. Um, just, again, the toughness and the attitude of this team backs just continue to stand out to me. I would agree with you on that. And I would also think that their mental approach is what sets them apart. They haven't had a single week where you didn't feel like they were ready for the game, right? Every one of these games has been a bludgeoning because they're ready to go every week. And that's incredibly difficult to do, to have your team up and ready to play for every game. And honestly, I think that's the biggest challenge they're going to run into the next couple of weeks before Penn State, is being ready to play against teams that nobody thinks has a prayer. And then let's face it, does anybody think Maryland's going to be within three touchdowns of the Buckeyes? No. Rutgers is going to lose by 50 points. I mean, that's the thing, is the ability to keep working on yourself and getting better every day by yourself versus just trying to match what somebody else is doing, but sets elite players aside. And it seems as though a team is 
very motivated on a weekly basis. And that's something that you can't really say about some of these other teams around the country. Everybody's had, it seems like it's had a week or two where they just didn't look right. You know, even the, the, the Bama's and LSU's of the world have had some games where you're like, wait, are they ready to go? You know, LSU has come out and just decked kids. And that's something that says a lot about them because they have not messed around. Well, want to finish the show talking about uh, what's, you know, the, one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest story in college sports right now, um, that, you know, we're definitely headed to a point where the athletes are going to be able to get some money for their, you know, to be paid for their likeness. And, you know, the college board of directors that's looking into this are hoping to have something done by January of 2021. You know, so we're still about 15 months away, but um, obviously California and some other states have forced the hand of the NCAA here. Um, they're still working out the details for those that don't know. They, they want to regulate it. They don't know how, um, but there's going to be some type of system in place. Um, you have to think by 2021 where kids are going to be able to be a profit off their likeness. This is opening a huge can of worms. I think it was inevitable, though. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Bax. Where do you come down on this? I come down on this saying we're going to get the NCAA football game back, and I'm happy about that. I mean, all the other things aside, my summers are going to be a lot more fun starting in the summer of 2021 when I can get that game back in July. You know the moment that they can, they're going to be putting that game out. Um, that said, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff to go through here. You have the, a couple senators who were tweeting about, well, if they're going to make profit off their likeness, then they can. we're going to tax their scholarships and all these other crazy things, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, man, that's going to cause a giant fight, if you will, because you're going to see a lot of people who think that, uh, you know, it's your classic example of politicians trying to tax everything that they can. Um, and then, you know, here's the truth. If you're going to tax everybody's scholarship value as income every year, these kids are going to owe, you know, they're they're going to owe cash that a lot of them that don't have valuable likenesses, right? Um, like pick, your, pick the red-shirting freshman who – is a, you know, high three-star kid who signs at OSU, right? Or, or he doesn't even sign at OSU. Let's say he signs at, like, Minnesota or some school, right? And that kid is redshirting for a year. He's just getting acclimated to school. He's doing his best to, you know, work his way up the depth chart for next year. And then that kid gets hit with an IRS tax bill of a couple thousand bucks because that's the value of his scholarship. They don't get that today. And where are these kids going to come up with these couple thousand bucks from when their likenesses aren't worth that? So it'll be nice for guys like Joe Burrow who could be, you know, selling Joe Burrow's, you know, the frog cakes or something down in uh, in Louisiana, but you know, for all the average players, there's there's a slippery slope here. You got to be careful about it because if they are going to tax people's scholarship, that hurts players more than overall helps them by allowing the likenesses in. So, you know, I know we're going to get the video game. The rest of it is a much bigger question mark, and I think you're going to have to be very cautious with how it's taken because there's a lot of factors going on here. We haven't even mentioned how Title IX is going to be affected by this either. Uh, think about this. Let's say you have Justin Fields is allowed to profit off his likeness this year, right? And Justin Fields makes $500,000 profiting off his likeness through ads with car dealerships and Kroger or whatever here at Ohio State. Well, somebody is going to, and you know this is going to happen. Somebody's going to file a lawsuit saying the Ohio, or the Ohio State Athletic Department's men profited combined $2.4 million total off of all their likenesses across all sports. The women profited for only $230,000, and according to Title IX, this is not equal, and they're going to sue. And that's what I can guarantee you that's going to happen. And there's going to be a big court fight over that too. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of worms that are coming out of the ground on this one. We're nowhere near having any concept of how the system's going to work. But in the end, it, it was inevitable. There's no question about it. And I, for one, hope that uh, 
that they have something where you can't just, you know, have kids be recruited based on, you know, how much, how much likeness money is promised to them. Cause you're going to see that left and right, you know, big Al's T town suits or something down in Alabama is going to be offering, you know, random kids, hundred thousand bucks of likeness rights over four years to come there. Right. That's the very slippery slope that you have to really consider as well. Great insights, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday on Buck Nuts. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to Bax, and thanks to the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's try to find our swag, best in band in the land.